0: You're listening to our Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhalayn and al hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhalayn.org slash support. Previously, we started, alaykum salam we started to examine the events of year 6 of the Hijrah. So we continue to examine some more events that happened during this year before we arrive at the very important event of Hudaybiyah. It has been reported that in the month of Ramadan, the month of Rahma and Mercy, year 6 of the Hijrah, the Prophet sallallahu dispatched Zayd ibn al harithah to a woman by the name of Umm Qirfa. Her name was Fatima, daughter of Rabi'a al Fazari, but her title was Umm Qirfa. So she came from this tribe, the Fazara tribe. She lived in an area around Wadi al Qura, which is a valley north of the city of Medina. Now, basically, what happened to that, what happened before that, is that Zayd set out to do business in Sham. So he was traveling from Medina going north to Sham. And his caravan was attacked by members of the Fazara tribe. They were unjustly attacked. They beat him and his companions and they almost killed him. Evil members from this tribe attacked the caravan of Zayd ibn al-Haritha. So he came back and he informed the Prophet. ﷺ. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, give me permission to mobilize your companions to go and fight this evil tribe. Because we have no peace, no security. They can do this again and again. We need to discipline them. Let us go and seek revenge. The Prophet ﷺ gave them permission to establish justice, to seek rep- retribution, to deter other tribes from doing this again. You, you need to have law and order in society. And you also need to make sure that travelers have a safe path on their journeys. So Zayd ibn al-Haritha, according to these reports, he managed to seize that village where Umm Qirfa lived. They surrounded that tribe and they arrested Umm Qirfa. She was the queen and the leader of that tribe in that village. She was also a poet, as these references state and she had mobilized people against the Prophet sallallahu And in fact, some reports indicate she had prepared a caravan to go and kill the Prophet sallallahu So according to these reports, she was an evil lady. There are also some reports that initially she was a Muslim, but after Uhud, she became an apostate. She left the religion of Islam. Some reports also claim that. Now she had a big family that supported her. To the point where 50 swords hung in her house, belonging to 50 men, all of them mahram to her, related to her. So you can see what type of family she had to support her. Then something, up up until this point we don't have an issue, right? You have this vicious tribe who tried to kill these Muslims, confiscate their belongings, there is no safety and security, she mobilized people against the Prophet, okay they deserve to be stopped. But then, how they were stopped is disturbing. This is, during all- this is in the month of Ramadan, exactly. The month of mercy, the month of compassion. So we, much, we must address this event, because I've seen online, there are people, atheists, who will use this to attack the Prophet ﷺ. Some people have even lost their faith because of such reported incidents. So here's the claim. Qais ibn al-Muhassar was with Zayd ibn Haritha. He was one of those Muslims going to attack this tribe. They took Um Qirfa, the queen. She was an old woman. Basically, they had her two legs tied to two camels. So, one leg, salamu alaykum, so one leg tied to this camel, the other leg tied to the other camel, and then you know, using a technique, like, like scared the camels, so they run in opposite directions. And basically, when these camels moved away from one another, she was cut in half and ripped apart. Asir Al-Halabiyyah mentions this event. Tabakat Ibn Sa'ad mentions this event. By the way, Sahih Muslim, when mentioning this event, claims that the leader of this expedition was Abu Bakr, not Zayd Ibn al-Harithah. In any case, whoever it was, the narrations in these sources indicate that Zayd ibn al Haritha came back to Medina and he went to meet the Prophet sallallahu he knocked on the door of the Prophet, the Prophet became ecstatic, he got up even without having time to properly wear his clothes, he embraced Zayd, he kissed him and he told him what happened and he gave him the report of what happened in that tribe and how Allah gave them victory and how they killed this evil woman. Now 14 centuries later we're sitting and examining these events. Why can we not accept the claim that Um qirfa was killed like that? Even if she was mobilizing people, even if she had blood on her hands, why do we reject these incidents? That is not an Islamic way. Expand what? The Prophet sallallahu what command would he issue to Muslims going to the battlefield and fighting? Because when you go to the battlefield, obviously there's going to be bloodshed. But the Prophet would command Muslims avoid doing one thing. What do? Muthla. What's Muthla? Disfiguring the body or cutting up the body or killing the body in that way. This is called Muthla. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi after Uhud, he had made a clear command. Muslims, even if your enemies come and kill you, defend yourself, kill them. That's fine, you have the right of self-defense. However, Do not disfigure their bodies. Islam prohibits you doing that to animals, let alone human beings. So tying the two legs of this woman and having the camels rip her apart is not something that the Prophet Sallallahu allowed his companions to do. So we know that these reports are either fabricated, this is one way of examining it, or the Prophet never approved of this. Muslims acted on their own. We'll, We'll mention that briefly. So when we examine an event like that, we cannot just take it at face value. We have to analyze it. And when we analyze it, we find that it, contradicts the teachings of the Prophet and it contradicts his rahmah. The Prophet would never allow such a person to be killed in that manner. Yes, there is an evil person, they deserve to be killed, they are killed with the strike of the sword, which at the time, at the time, you know, it was the least cruel way of killing someone because any other way would make them suffer more. The Quran says to strike, you know, those people who come and kill you, strike them, one strike and that's it. So we know this is not the spirit of Islam, not the spirit of the Prophet. That's the first point. The second point, when we look at the narrators of this hadith, we find that there is a narrator who who biographical reports state that he was a liar. For instance, Dar Qutni, he mentions that one of the narrators of this hadith is Muhammad ibn Abdul Malik al-Ansari. He says he's a narrator who was known for fabricating and concocting lies. So why should I believe a story that gives you a disturbing image of how a woman was killed and the Prophet approved because when Zaid went to see the Prophet, the Prophet got up and kissed him and embraced him. Why should I believe this report when a liar is narrating it? So unfortunately Muslims sometimes have just taken these stories without analyzing them, analyze them, see who's narrating it. In other narrations, there are other narrations that state Khalid ibn al-Walid is the one who killed this woman in this way, and this was during the caliphate of Abu Bakr, not the time of the Prophet sallallahu Now most Sunnis have not accepted these hadiths, In any case these are uh, you know some reports. So even if this happened, possibly it happened during the Caliphate of Abu Bakr and Khalid was known for his evil tactics. Khalid was a thug, a murderer. We all have examined how he killed Malik ibn Nuwaira and how he raped his wife after killing him because they claimed that Malik was an apostate He refused to pay zakat so he's not a Muslim, let's kill him. Khalid would do something like that. Zayd ibn al-Haritha, not really. Zayd was the adopted son of the Prophet, he knows the akhlaq of the Prophet. So we dismiss that Zayd would do that. If someone did it, maybe someone like Khalid and the Prophet had rejected that. The Prophet would never approve of such matters. We have other examples of Khalid doing disturbing things during the time of the Prophet killing tribes that he should not have killed and the Prophet rebuked him. The Prophet told him this is not the teaching of Islam and he sent Imam Ali to that tribe to give them the diya and basically to apologize because Khalid, what he did was wrong. So we cannot accept a narration like that. But this has been mentioned in the seerah of the Prophet unfortunately and we have to defend the legacy of Rasulullah from such events that Ruined his reputation and ruined the reputation of Islam. The Prophet was merciful with his enemies in Mecca, those who caused all this fitna. Now this lady living in some village, the Prophet would approve of her being killed like that. We know from his akhlaq and from his spirit he would reject something like that. So any questions or any thoughts on this story of Um Qirfa and how she was killed? Yeah, it's mentioned in Seerah Halabiyya and Tabaqat ibn Sa'd. We Shi'as, we don't have official sources of Seerah. We have hadith here and there from the Imams, but the main works of Seerah, like al Halabiyya and Tabaqat ibn Sa'd, which is a historical work, they have mentioned this. Yeah, so this is mentioned in Sunni sources. Yeah, we've examined that before. Yeah, we analyzed it in detail. What happened at Bani Qurayda? And what the reports say and why we dispute that. Yes. last year we examined that in detail. So this is not mentioned by any of the imams of Bayt for it to have any weight. It's mentioned by these historical sources, and we've, you know, proven why this is a fabricated incident. What about the idea of uh, opposing, uh, an attack during Ramadan? That's another um, question here. Ramadan. Is the sacred month of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the month of fasting. So would the Prophet allow them to go and attack that village in the month of Ramadan? One could say the following. One could say that if she really was preparing a caravan to come to Medina to kill the Prophet and kill Muslims, you have an imminent danger and threat. So even if it's the month of Ramadan, the Prophet allowed them to go to stop them. Because had they not stopped them, they would have arrived at Medina and caused, you know, massive deaths. One could defend it in that way. I mean, that can have a reasonable justification. But for her to be killed that way, there is no reasonable justification. The, the Prophet would not approve of something like that. We don't see in his seerah that he would approve of such killing. She deserves this death penalty, administer it to her the normal day, way that they would do. To tie her to two camels and rip her apart, that's not something that the Prophet would approve. This is musla, this is ripping her part into pieces. That the Prophet specifically prohibited Muslims from doing that. But if you go and look it up, there's, there's YouTube videos on Umm qirfa and the way she was killed. And they it's graphic, like they show you a cartoon um, rendering of how she was ripped apart and they say look this is the Prophet and it's in your own works, it's not like some orientalist came up with the story, it's in Seerah Halabiyah, it's in Tabaqat ibn Sa'd. So we have to condemn these reports, not everything in Muslim books is, is accurate, these were fabrications and my analysis of why, you could you could ask why would such narrations be fabricated? One reason is that Banu Umayyah they would kill their opponents in very cruel ways. Zayd a shaheed right? Zayd, the son of Imam Zayn al-Abideen you know how he was killed? When he was buried, he, he, he was buried in a river, like um, on the bottom of a river, so no one would come and excavate his body, exhume his body. So he had willed that when I am killed in that battle, he died as a shaheed, go to a river and go to the bottom of the river, bury me there under. One of those who was present in that burial, he was a spy for the Umayyads. So he discovered the location of the body, he informed the Bani Umayyad that Zayd is buried here. They came to that river, they dug up his body from the grave. Then they took him to Kufa. And they crucified his body after he was dead, mind you. They crucified his body for four years. Four years, his body was hanging like that at the entrance of a square. Four years. Let him go after four years. What did they do after four years? They burned his body into ashes. These were the Bani Umayyah. And we all know what they did to Imam Hussein and his companions. So the Bani Umayyah, they killed their opponents in a cruel way. By fabricating such stories, they would justify it. Yeah, Rasulullah did the same thing to Um Qarfah. He had her ripped apart, and she was an opponent, and we're the caliphs, so our opponents, we kill them the same way. My analysis is this is one reason why you find such reports. They were fabricated during the time of Bani Umayyah to justify their cruelty. Another way, also, the reason why it be fabricated, you could say Rasulullah raised Zayd as such since he's the one who raised Imam Ali, then Allah will what he son of Imam Ali and that would kind of be an indirect way to defect uh, Ta'am being Imam Ali. Possibly yes, you know the Prophet sallallahu raised Imam Ali and he also raised his adopted son Zayd and Zayd according to these reports was the leader of this expedition. So you're questioning the character of not only the Prophet but those whom he raised as well. So there could be many many motives behind fabricating such stories. Another motive, by the way, which is not far-fetched. We do have that in our history. There were people who fabricated these stories not because of bad intentions, not to justify any violence, but to spice things up. They were called Qassasin, storytellers. When they banned the hadith of the Prophet, Abu Bakr and Umar banned the recording of the hadith of the Prophet. So they would support storytellers because you need to keep people busy with something, right? Now, if you tell a story, how do you gain the interest of your audience? Spice things up. So let's say she was killed in a normal way, right? Assuming that she was killed. Then, in order for you to make it dramatic and gain the interest of your listeners, you describe this cruel way of her being Killed Because when you do that, it will be the talk of the town. Oh, did you hear the story of Um Karfa being ripped apart like that? So, it's the storytellers, sometimes that was their motive. They would fabricate in order to gain a bigger following. You just want to be a good storyteller. And they just wanted to spice things up. Yes. The ones you are saying, like, there's movies on YouTube about that lady. Yes, there's clips. Okay. Not full movies, but clips. Yeah. But I want to ask, like, the people that put, do they, are against the prophet? Yes, they're atheists. Oh. No, no, they're atheists. Oh. Or someone who was a Muslim who became an atheist, okay. and he's saying why I became an atheist, because of a story like that. So, no, it's not the Muslims who made the story, it's atheists who made the story. But those atheists, when they make that story, they put Muslim sources. They're like, here, it's in your books. That's why I'm condemning it in this class. Because as we mentioned, one goal from the biography class is to learn about the akhlaq and the lessons and the life of the Prophet. The other goal is to defend his legacy from such fabrications. Because someone will think that this is what all Muslims believe in and this is what actually happened. No, we reject that. We dispute that. We dismiss these claims. These are false fabrications.